Easter uh, sunrise service. I, I think this is the best way to celebrate Easter as the sun is coming up. And with that, I want to start off with a confession. My whole life, I have wrestled with, with prayer. It's always been hard for me. Can anybody relate to that? Okay. All right. Got one guy in the back here. It's always been hard to me. It's felt repetitive. It's felt like maybe there's something missing. It's felt like, like I don't know how to pray. And if, I, I think if you're being honest inside, you're, you're thinking it's the same thing. You know, when I when I try to pray, when I, it, um, before bedtime, I'm actually praying for my food. Uh, or when when I when I pray, I just feel like I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, if that's you, I got good news for you. God's word has a solution for that. God's word tells us how to pray. And so I created something called resurrection prayer. And it's radically changed my life. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Resurrection prayer. I'm praying with the resurrection in mind. And it's changed my life. I don't, I don't have any tattoos, but if, if I did, if I did, it'd be something big right here. Well, I mean, the policy is it's got to fit under my hand, right? But it would be something like, it's not about me. And all my complaints in life are because it's, I'm making it about me. But this has set me free that it's not about me. What is it about? It's about Jesus. It's about the resurrection power. It's about restoration here on earth as it is in heaven. But everything that Jesus did in the gospel story so I can live a resurrected life. And this resurrection prayer is based off of a handful of passages. But before I get into the resurrection passages, let's read the resurrection passage. Here's the resurrection passage. Now just to paint the context, Jesus has lived his, his, his whole life on earth. 33 years. And then it all comes to an end. It's an intense ministry of three years. He's going everywhere with his disciples. People are, are, are arguing with him. They're fighting with him. He's, doing, he's healing people. People are, 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 demons are being cast out. He's doing miracles. And then it slows down. As we did holy, it slows down in the upper room. He washes his disciples' feet. He tells them he's going to leave the world. He tells them the Spirit's going to come. He gets crucified. That's what we celebrate on a Friday. And it's this somber time of, 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 gosh, Jesus died. And some people fasted during that time. They they didn't eat meat during that time. It was just a somber time. And all of Saturday, I spent reflecting on, man, Jesus is in the grave. Jesus is in the grave. I can't wait till Sunday morning. That's what we look forward to. And when, when the sun came up, this is what happened. I'm in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Now the gospel stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I picked Mark because it's succinct and it's straightforward. Mark 16 says this. Mark 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they could go anoint him. They wanted to go anoint Jesus. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, they went to the tomb at sunrise. That sun coming up. 
they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? I love their faith. They just show up. It's sort of like, sort of like in the military. Like, I don't know, how's that gonna happen? I don't know, let's just go. It's gonna happen. That's a big rock. I don't know, let's just go. Let's go in faith. Verse four, looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. How convenient. Thank you, Lord. Five, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe, sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, where you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and ran from the tomb because they were trembling, astonished and over and astonished. And that overwhelmed them. And they said nothing to one another. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. You ever see something that you were so you were so pumped up? You said, dude, I can't believe what we just saw. And you're 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 overcome with this trembling and fear and excitement that you don't tell anybody. That's them. Now, this is, this is the reality. Gentlemen, this is the reality. Jesus Christ has raised from the dead. So here's my, my sort of power pack of resurrection verses that I pray every morning. I, I, live, I live on this cliff, and it's about six minutes walk to the beach at San Mateo Point in San Clemente at, at Camp Pendleton. I live right on the cliff. So every morning, I'm waking up at 5.15, get dressed, Sun's coming up at first light at 6:12. I'm walking to the beach every morning, and I stick my hands in the sand and I do resurrection prayer. I stick my hands in the sand. You know why? Because all day I'm behind a computer or I'm staring at a screen. There's a lot of admin things that need to be done, and I need to feel something real. I learned this from John Eldridge. He's a writer and an author and, and, and filmmaker. Because I'm, I'm around so much virtual reality, I need to I need to start my day by feeling something real. So this is what I do. When I get to the beach, I stick my hands in the sand, and I'm quoting first Galatians 2:20. Galatians 2:20 says, "I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me." I've been crucified with Christ. Well, I got a question. What happens to something that's crucified? What happens to everything that's crucified? It dies. Thank you. If I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, then what does that mean? Well, that means when, when my spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, that old man in me wants to be guilty, angry, bitter, jealous, or guilty, I can celebrate knowing that I've been crucified and I don't need to do those things anymore guilt anger greed and jealousy those are enemies of the heart if i remember that i'm crucified with christ and i no longer live then i don't have to give in to those things and those are voices from the enemy whispering in my ear you should be guilty for what you've done you should be angry anybody's wrestle with anger here me and you First thing, I have been crucified in Christ. And then I stick my hands in the sand and then I quote Romans 6 4. 
I got that memorized. I don't know why I'm looking at my Bible. Romans 6 4. I have been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. Romans 6 4. I've been raised to the newness of life. That's the resurrection power there. You see the progression? I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. That's Galatians 2 20. I've been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. That's Romans 6 4. Romans 6 4. I've been raised to the newness of life. And so when I lift my hands out of the sand, I lift my hands out of the sand and the sand starts falling off. Colossians 3 1. Colossians 3 1 also talks about since I have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then I start quoting Hebrews. I I shake off every weight that so easily entangles. And I and I look up and I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the whole progression of resurrection prayer. One more time. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Romans 6.4. I've been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. Romans 6.4. I've been raised to the newness of life. Colossians 3.1. Since I have been raised with him, I now seek the things that Christ seeks. Hebrews 11, 12. I shake off every weight that so easily entangles, and I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning of shame. I got a, I got a question, gentlemen. You just, just yell it out. Tell me something that Jesus did that wasn't duplicated by another human being. Go ahead. What did he do? Tell me something that Jesus did that another human being didn't do. Lived a perfect life. Lived a perfect life? Raised someone from the dead. Okay, raised someone from the dead. Um, you know what? He threw me off and lived a perfect life. But in the Word, you find it. God says, be perfect. You don't know what that's all about, but he says, be perfect. He tells us to do it, maybe it could be done. Uh, raise someone from the dead. Well, um, there's a story where, where, where Paul was preaching and this kid fell out of a window. Remember that in Acts? He fell out of a window and he died. And Paul runs over to him and he's like, hey, it's going to be all right. Everybody's like, dude, he just died. He goes, it's going to be all right. And, and Paul prays for him and then, and then he, he raises from the dead. Uh, well, what else? What else? Tell me something that Jesus didn't do on earth that wasn't duplicated by another human being. Not from his like divine side, but but from from, from Jesus as, as a man. Anything else? Fasted 40 days and, and 40 nights. That's another one that I didn't think of. Thanks, Blake. Um, Fasting, we, we can all we can all do fasting, right? Actually, I, there have been people who fasted forty days here, here, like living today. What is something else? Water to wine. Turning water to wine—that's a good one. But, but Jesus said, if you go tell that mountain to move, it'll move. So we're talking about the category of 
making nature do something that it's not supposed to do, Jesus says, you got faith, tell that mountain to move and it'll move. What else? That four thousand with a couple of fish. So, so something miraculous with with nature. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus told us we can do those those things. What else? Now, here's the point. Before you start throwing stones at me, saying you blasphemers, there's a point. The same Spirit that empowered Jesus in His life here on Earth lives in you and me. I'm not just making that up. It's actually in the Bible here. Romans 8.11 I'll close with this Romans 8.11 And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you Then he who raised Christ from the dead Will also bring your mortal bodies to life Through his spirit who lives in you Gentlemen, that's powerful you're telling me that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me? Then how come sometimes I don't feel it? Is anybody with me on this? How come sometimes I don't feel it? You know, one of my good friends is right there in the back. And I'm always confessing, dude, I feel like, I feel like I'm failing as a dad. I feel like I'm so judgmental as a husband. I feel like I, I have a spiritual gift, gentlemen. I can walk into any room and judge everybody in the room. Okay, all the people that are laughing, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. It's a spiritual gift, but guess what? It's from the wrong spirit. It's not from God. It's from the enemy. So what do I do in those moments where I'm feeling arrogant? You ever have to have a thought like, like I'm better than someone else? What do we do with those things? What do we do with anger? What do we do with guilt, anger, greed, jealousy? You know what I do? I bring it to resurrection. And, and I'm constantly preaching the gospel to myself. The gospel is God. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He died, buried three days, rose again on the third day, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the gospel. It's good news. And you can't have good news without a bunch of bad news. You can't have something that's hot without something that's cold. You can't have dark without light. So we can't have the gospel, which is good news, without a lot of bad news. What's the bad news? The bad news, if you're being honest, if we're being honest with ourselves, is we're pretty jacked up. We're pretty messed up. Man, my mind goes to dark places all the time. That's the bad news. But the good news is Jesus came and he conquered sin and death. So I no longer have to live like that because I, my old self, has been crucified with Christ. And I no longer need to live that way. But Christ lives in me. And I can celebrate my own death by sticking my hands in the sand, saying I've been buried in Christ by baptism into his death. I can celebrate, gentlemen, knowing that I've been raised to the newness of life. I can celebrate knowing that at any moment I can shake off every weight that so easily entangles. I can celebrate by fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author, and he's perfecting my faith daily. I can live a life that's free. Galatians 5.1 is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why? All because of this one morning years ago where he resurrected from the dead. That 
is the power of resurrection. And so, gentlemen, let me let me pray for you. As I, I'm going to call the the, the 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 praise team up here for one last song, and I want you to reflect on where in your life you need this resurrection power. Let's close our eyes. What area in your life are you wrestling with fear, with anger, with deceit, with shame? Are you wrestling with sadness? Where do you need resurrection power? Where is this resurrection prayer? going to come in today.